morning, church. How are you this morning? We're super excited this Sunday. My name is Connie. If, if some of you don't know me, I'm a part of the team here at CCC. Um, and we have just kicked off a series called Fresh Eyes last week, and it's been a super exciting series so far, even though we're one in, about taking a step back and kind of looking at the Christmas story and looking at the details from all different people's perspectives. So today I'm super excited this weekend because we have a perspective that's going to bring some laughter, joy, and hope. And how many need that while they're trying to finish up their Christmas list shopping? Come on now. Who's late? Where's my procrastinators? So with that said, I just want to um, welcome Michael, Mike Cordry up to the stage. Him and his wife have been, go ahead, give him a welcome. Come on, come on. Oh my God. <laughs> him and his wife have been becoming good friends of ours, so we're super excited to have him here and bring a little humor to the service, so thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Let's give her a round of applause. Oh yeah, I gotta talk into the mic. How are we doing today? Listen, if you don't know this already, you got an awesome church here in Rehoboth. It's like a hidden treasure. And uh, you guys have the heart of God, and um, so I'm gonna share a little bit about my story. Um, you guys are, you see the boxes here. You're going to do, um, you're going to be sending some gifts to people in recovery. And there are people that are watching right now online that are, uh, you know, addicted to drugs and alcohol. And um, my story uh, begins when I was really young. I, uh, I was, I had a bit of ADHD as a child. I'll just give you a, a visual of what I looked like. Just imagine me that size, and you're there. That's what I look like. Uh, I was the kid that kind of smelled like peanut butter a little bit, you know, a little different than everyone else. And I moved all over the country. I was born in Santa Monica. I was raised in Kailua, Hawaii. I moved to Danville, Virginia, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. Uh, ended up in Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, what would be my th third move in high school, my father said, uh, we're moving again. I'm like, I can't, no, absolutely not. He said, well, we can move, the, the town we're moving to is called Sandwich. And I was like, we give it a shot. I mean, <laughs> doesn't sound terrible. <laughs> so, and I moved to Sandwich, Massachusetts in high school. And by that point, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I had ADHD. And, um, you know, my dad was a bit of a hippie. He, um, he was kind of holistic. He didn't love giving us medication. But even his holistic doctors were like, yeah, he needs medication, like immediately. Like the first day of school, they'd always like sit me right there in front of the, like, okay, you're going to sit here. You're going to behave yourself, okay? And you're going to listen to what I say. And by the end of the day, they'd be like, all right, Mike, look, just go sit in the back, walk around, do whatever you have to do. Just stop talking, please. Couldn't help it. I was full of energy. And uh, so they, they pumped me full of, uh, you know, amphetamines. And I was like, I love school. And, uh, and, you know, my mother was an alcoholic. But, you know, as, a, as my mother and father split up at a young age, and I, uh, my father just, he didn't see the signs that, you know, the medication was disappearing every single month. And I had a different excuse every time. Um, and in high school, I was introduced to um, an opiate for the first time. I tried Percocet, and I got addicted right away. And um, it gets better, trust me. Um, this is kind of a 
It's just the truth. Um, and it's the truth for a lot of young people today is that they get addicted to drugs before they even know what they're getting into. Um, and so, you know, I, uh, I ended up finishing high school barely and uh, started selling drugs. And uh, I was the least likely person to sell drugs, as you can tell. Uh, but that would, that's what made me the best candidate. Um, you know, the, I could drive, I had a 92 Toyota Corolla. Uh, I could drive by, you know, the cops would pull me over. They'd be like, yeah, you're good. Just go ahead. You can uh, you just slow it down. And, uh, you know, so I started selling drugs at, at uh, you know, probably the age of, of 18. And shortly thereafter, um, even, at, even though I was making a 500% profit, I couldn't support my own habit. I was using uh, heroin. I was, you know, um, and once you're an IV drug user, um, you know, they tell you there's no hope for you. And, and that's the way you feel. Um, and my life was devoted to this, was devoted to... Uh, selling drugs and to getting as much drugs as I need at the co- at any cost. I I first was robbing my family. I then started committing crimes, and um, and my my genius idea to explain to the police why I was uh, you know spending and receiving thousands of dollars was I got a job at Chili's for six hours a week. So I'm a criminal mastermind, and I actually got arrested at Chili's. When I was working, I was the to-go guy, so I answered the phone. I said, thanks for calling Chili's, home of great food to go. This is Mike speaking. How can I help you? And they were like, is Michael Cordry working? I said, speaking. They hung up. I thought it was the wrong number. I'm not very bright. You're going to see that throughout <laughs> as well. I, uh, and two, I actually went in the back to get my order, and two armed police officers pulled their guns on me because they thought I was trying to run. They didn't do much research, I'll tell you. Yeah, wrong guy. There was 0% chance of a foot pursuit with me. I'm not even as fast as I look. And that's saying something. Is he running? I think he's slower now than he was when he started. And you may think it's hard to take a police officer seriously when he's wearing a badge that says sandwich police. But the gun is convincing. Uh... It's the bullets I'm worried about. I, uh, and, you know, I got arrested and I got taken into jail. Uh, they were going to book me into the gang unit, uh, believe it or not, because of my ink and my bad boy persona. Uh, I have one tattoo. I, I don't know if you guys are ready for this, but I'm going to show you. Bam. There it is. Some of you probably in the back can't see it. It's about the size of a nickel. Um... People asked, did you cry? <laughs> and I was like, no, but I didn't get another one. Uh, and so they, they asked me what it meant, and I said, brotherhood. And they got the wrong idea. And I overhear this, and I'm like, uh, guys, I'm fairly certain the Aryan Brotherhood does not use Chinese symbols. I think it's one of their like founding principles. It's like German and English, and that's it. Uh, so luckily, I got put in with the general population, the rest of the... The folks in there, and I, I was um, withdrawing from heroin. I was, I was, um, you know, my, your body is going through such pain and such anguish, and there's nothing that the Department of Corrections is not set up to detox people. Um, they they gave you give you something for your blood pressure, but the pain 
is, is immense. And, um, the, you know, I was sitting there suffering when someone came up to me and started talking to me about a, a program, a Christian program um, called Teen Challenge. And, you know, I was a captive audience. And I was very set up against that kind of things. In my mind, I thought it was very weak-minded. You know, me, the heroin addict, uh, you know, in jail for robbing pharmacies. Uh, you know, I thought I was smarter than Christians. But when I got out, my, my father bailed me out of two counties because he, he, couldn't, he couldn't bear to see me uh, sitting in jail. And he had a lot of hope for my, my future before this, but now he just wanted me to be in a safe place where he could have some peace of mind. And, um, and so I got out and I called every program uh, in Massachusetts. I couldn't leave Massachusetts legally. Uh, I was facing 14 felony charges, including two armed robberies. And, uh, and you know, it's not like they didn't know it was me. I'm a unique shape for a robber the only guy in the lineup that looked like a potato on toothpicks. Uh, but so I, you know, they knew it was me. I couldn't leave. Uh, and I, I call every other program and they're like, um, you know, I'm sorry, can't take you in. If it wasn't because I didn't have any money, it was because I didn't have any transportation or the fact that I was facing 14 felony charges, not out of one county, but two, and was going to have to be transported to court every single week. Um, and, uh, but I called, you know, I called the Christian program, and they're like, yeah, come on in. You sound perfect. <laughs> I had met Christians before, and I, the people that I had met, I remember them being docile and, like, you know, nice and, I, in my opinion, easy to get over on. Um, but I didn't realize that 99% of the program staff went through the program, so not exactly the Christians I remembered uh, yeah, the first guy I meet was a guy named Ronnie Ferullo from the north end of Boston. And Ronnie was a real tough guy. Because, I mean, there are lots of tough guys uh, out there. And fake tough guys will tell you everything they ever did. They're like, yeah, you know, I had six homes on the coast, uh, 14 speedboats, transported cocaine back and forth from Columbia. That was just my life. I used to mix my cocaine with dynamite and then smoke a cigarette just the way I was. Chased it down with shots of pure gasoline. I think, didn't your mom bring you into the program? I'm fairly certain his mom brought him in. Lois, right? She brought the lemon cookies? They were delightful. Uh, she lives with me for tax purposes. But then, there's, but then there's the real tough guys. Let me tell you something. Real tough guys, they deny everything from the beginning. Uh, Ronnie would be like, yeah, I came upon the car. Yes, there was someone in the trunk. Yes, the car was on fire. I have no idea what happened. There was a complete circumstance. I, you had nothing to do with it, you know. Ronnie would be like, uh, yeah, someone matching my description got into an altercation with the police. I have nothing but respect for the men in blue, let me tell you. <laughs> to give you a visual of what Ronnie looked like, imagine a bulldog in a Red Sox hat, and that's it. Uh... He, and he had this vein in his head that throbbed like this constantly, like he was deciding whether to rip your face off at any given moment. Uh, he, was the, he comes in, he goes, hey, fill this out, okay? I'll be back in 10 minutes. Do you have money? No? All right, 10 minutes, I'll be back. I was like, I'll fill it out right now. It'll be, I'll do it so fast. Do you have a pen? If you don't, it's no big deal. 
I want us to be friends. He was like, hey, hey, you know what? Hey, God's going to change your life. Amen? Hey, he's going to rip that dirty, disgusting, rotten soul right out of your body, all right? And he's going to replace it with his spirit. Amen? Amen. Sign me up. <laughs> that sounds great. Do you have that pen? <laughs> Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie had a funny story that was funny only to him. Like, he would open up occasionally. Uh, you know, I'd be telling a story with the guys, and they'd be laughing, and, uh, and he'd come up, and he'd be like, hey, all right, I got a funny story for you, all right? So one time, I'm stabbing this guy, right? And I'm stabbing him. I'm just stabbing him. And, and he's crying out for his mommy. <laughs> what, I'm not funny enough for you, funny man? Were you done? I was just about to start laughing, Ronnie. That's hilarious. He was bleeding. I feel lightheaded. Uh. Yeah. That was, so that was the first guy I meet, uh, and he was, all right, Rob, one more thing about Ronnie. He, so he was like, uh, he had fancy names for everything he did. He wasn't a drug dealer. He was like, oh, I was a non-traditional debt acquisition, oh, no, sorry. I was a local distributor of recreational consumables, and he didn't break people's legs for money. He's like, oh, I was a non-traditional debt acquisitions agent. That's not what that's called, Ronnie. And then I go in and I meet the program supervisor. His name is Richie. Richie had been a drug addict, a cocaine user, and a biker gang member for 25 years. So he was great at group dynamics. Not a lot of sensitivity training, though. Uh, apparently, they don't stress that, uh, you know, in the biker gang community. He's, he is laughing wholeheartedly at my file. He's going, he's just like, oh, man, you really messed your life up, huh? <laughs> My gosh, I doubt your family's going to forgive you. Oh, not that it matters. You're going to prison for a long time. I was like, great. And he says, Mike, so tell me, what do you know about the Bible? And I was like, what do I know about the Bible? Oh, don't I know about the Bible? There's uh, Jesus, um, Moses, uh, Gandalf, uh, I know there's an old lady who lives in a shoe. I think that's in the middle somewhere. Is that in the Psalms? Psalms, right? <laughs> I didn't know anything. And then he, he, he said, all right, Mike, go downstairs, and uh, you'll fall into the routine. And let me tell you something. The nicest people in the Christian community are the uh, granola Christians, the fruits, flakes, and nuts. So friendly, let me tell you. That's everywhere you go. Uh, this guy comes up to me, and he's like, oh, blessings, brother. Oh, Jesus brought you here by his divine providence. I was like, uh, my dad brought me here in his Kia like 30 minutes ago. Oh, don't worry, brother. You don't belong to the serpents anymore. You're going to be the bride of Christ. You don't belong to a snake. No, that... Doesn't make any sense. I probably wouldn't be the bride of Christ. I'm a man. I'm not looking for anything serious right now. <laughs> anyway, uh, don't worry, brother. Soon you'll be covered in the blood of the lamb. <laughs> Is that going to happen tonight? Listen, I respect your religious practices. I, I, uh, I, that sounds unsanitary. I have a weak stomach. I'd like to opt out, okay? You're going to be a witness for him, brother. I'm not going to be a witness for anybody, all right? Don't go spreading that around. Is everything all right with your eyes? And I think the thing that saved me was, was dinner. Hear me out, okay? All right. It was, don't judge me. Uh, 
they had a reputation in the program of sending people home, like saved and sanctified and full of the Holy Ghost and morbidly obese. I mean, much better. I'm kidding, but not really. Uh, man, we would go to churches at that, at that time, and they see before and afters, and they'd be like, oh, pray. Ooh, what happened there? Did he get stung by bees everywhere? But, you know, the guy comes out and he's like, all right, guys, each one of us tonight is getting a slow roasted buffalo stuffed with seafood medley. We got French fries, potatoes. We got all the fixings, guys, for dessert. We have uh, each one of us is getting a birthday cake from Auntie Bell Ellen's Bakeries, all right? Be grateful for what God's provided. Finish your birthday cake, okay, guys? Or there's no snack in two hours. And I was like, praise the Lord, brother. Hallelujah. Uh, may, may you be covered in blood on the day, uh, day of your wedding. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I just heard that. Uh, and then we had prayer. And let me tell you, uh, I just want to let you know, like, all this Christianese was freaking me out. All these Christian terms, these, uh, I had no idea what I was dealing with. When I had imagined this, this program, I had, man, I had, I, Sister Act was in my head, to be honest with you. Uh, I imagined a monastery and that we spent many hours in our rooms praying to God, a God I didn't believe in at that point. Um, but I, I had never imagined, I, so we, we go and do this prayer for an hour, and, uh, and, you know, people pray differently. And this is one of the first prayers I ever hear was from a 400-pound guy named Freddie Gist. And Freddie... Um, Freddie liked to pray a different way than I had ever heard in my life. He was like, Lord, you delivered me from drugs, God. Oh, you delivered me from alcohol, Lord. Oh, but the honey buns. <laughs> you say honey buns? And I knew I was home with my own people. <laughs> but let me just tell you, you know, as hopeless as I was, there was something very different about the people that I met. And that was that they showed me love at a point in my life when I couldn't have imagined why anyone would love me. I had no reason. I had nothing to offer anyone else. Um, my first day, oh, my iPhone. It's waterproof. ADHD. Sorry, guys. It's, it's a real thing. Um, so, you know, these, uh, you know, these people loved me in a very genuine and sincere way. My first day, they came in, they brought me all my toiletries. I, I came in with nothing. Uh, they brought me some aftershave, some um, shaving cream, a razor, some soap. I, and, and it may not seem like a big deal, but that paper bag meant the world to me. And, uh, and th these, these brothers, even though I was, uh, had set my heart against the gospel of Christ, they showed me love over and over, and they gave me so much grace. And, um, and I'll tell you, my first Christmas, uh, the holidays can be a lonely time for someone that has destroyed their life. I mean, an addict sets themselves up against everyone in their lives. They lie, they cheat, they steal, they, um, you know, they alienate themselves by being a leech to their families and to anyone who will give them money, um, and, you know, and, they, and then they commit crimes against their own families. And so the holidays, they are reaping that uh, consequence. And I know that I was, you know, my family was going to come for a little while. 
Um, I knew I wasn't getting any Christmas presents. I knew I wasn't going to get anything, um, you know. But out of nowhere, on Christmas Eve, I get a box. It was those uh, Giardelli chocolates, you know, and uh, a mug, and, uh, you know, and it said Merry Christmas, and I had a card that was well thought out and just uh, full of love. And, and you know what? I'll say that, that I felt more at home, away from home, and in that program, and I felt more of a connection to, you know, to Christmas than I ever had before. And I was beginning to see the, the, the gift of Jesus. And I was beginning to see that even though my life circumstances were almost beyond repair, I was definitely going to prison. That I was, I found, I, I remember after I met Jesus, the moment I met Jesus, my life completely transformed. You know, that nagging addiction that had been in my life. You know, I, I wish I could say it went away completely, but it dissipated so much. And I began to see the value in, in what I found in Jesus. And, uh, and let me tell you, I, uh, my life was completely different. I, I began to be so hopeful and, uh, you know, the, the Bible says, Jesus says, he says, I tell you the truth, the time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. And I was dead on the inside, but I heard his voice and, um, and I was the richest person on earth. I, I, didn't, it, I knew that I was going to prison. I knew that my prospects weren't great for having a good life, but I knew that I had everything when I found Jesus. I knew that I had it all, that the gift, and I, I began to worship him silently in, in these chores that I had to do. I was the guy in charge of cleaning the toilets. Yeah, for 120 guys, there were six of them. Anyway, I won't go any further into that, but it was, it was not a great task, but the joy of the Lord can make anything in your life so much different. You know, David talks about restoring to me the joy of my salvation, and I was feeling so much love, and I, and I was, made it an act of worship, cleaning those toilets. I, um, and and in, that, in that moment, I, uh, I got the, the treasure hidden in the field, you know? I, um, and I, you know, I was scrubbing the toilets, and new guys were coming in, I was teaching them how to do it. He's like, I think you got it, bro. Yeah, uh, that's clean. I was like, no, 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 my brother's bum is going on here. It's gonna be nice and clean. And they were like, okay. But something had been different in my life. Something had changed. And, uh, you know, I started crying all the time, which isn't great in a men's program. Uh, you know, I, I grew up with, like I said, my dad was a bit of a hippie. You know, like he was the kind of dad that was like, hey, are you crying? Because you should be, son. This is a sad commercial. Don't hide it, okay? Let it out. So that's kind of tough as nails people I had in my life. And so when I got broken for Jesus, man, everything was just so beautiful to me. The Bible says that the whole earth is full of his glory, that it's saturated in his presence. Um, and it's only us who recognize through the Holy Spirit and see it, um, you know, that actually enjoy it. And I, I was enjoying every moment. I'd be in chapel. I'd be like, oh, God, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And they'd be like, they're just doing the sound check right now, Mike. I think uh, you should wait for worship. Um, I was like, what, am I made of stone? I mean, 
I mean, only in this, only in Christianity do you see a former meth dealer crying at the end of Mighty Ducks 2. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> because God breaks your heart. And you know what? He took care of the rest of my life. Um, I, in those two counties, I got a total of three years probation twice. I, was, I had a mandatory 15-year sentence twice. And I, I, I ended up pleading guilty to nine of those 14 felony charges. And I got three years probation. And let me tell you, I'll never forget what the judge said. He says, I tell you this, Mr. Cordry, if I ever see you again, I promise I will do then what I should have done the first time. And I was like, that's an exact quote from me. What do you say? And I met the love of my life, uh, a Bible college graduate. She was beautiful and, and intelligent and uh, loved Jesus, had never touched drugs. Her father was the president of Teen Challenge New England. So there was that. Uh, that's more dangerous than armed robbery. Uh, let me tell you, that's another story for another time. But God is good. You know, that mother, that alcoholic that I had nothing to do with my whole life, you know, she called me in 2006 and she said, Michael, I'm done. And I got to dance only a year later in 2007. I got to dance with my mother at my wedding. God is good. Amen. And don't, and, and I, I just, I'm, I'm wrapping up right now, and Connie can come back up. I, um, but I just want to say, every, this little uh, bag that you're putting together for these people in recovery, it's going to mean more to them than your words, because they don't understand the treasure of Jesus Christ. They don't understand the gift of the Holy Spirit. But this love, in a very tangible way, shows them that there's something more for their lives and that there are people that believe in them. Amen. It's beautiful what you're doing. And thank you so much for letting me share. Uh, that was awesome. Honey. Thank you, Mike.